Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, this is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta, and you are listening to Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me is Claire S. Claire is one of our longtime listeners, and she actually poked me and said, hey, whatever happened to the listener profile? And I went, well, nobody's volunteered in quite some time. She's like, well, I'll do it. I was like, awesome. So we are doing something we haven't done. I don't think we've done one in like a year. It's been a long time. So uh, we're, we're basically what a listener profile is, is we have a conversation with a listener about their spiritual journey, about what they've been through, how things are going for them and anything else that comes up along the way. And this is our way of letting you know that you're not alone in your experiences and to give you some insights as to what it's like to be on the path wherever that person happens to be. So welcome, Claire. I'm so glad you could be here. Thanks, Kelly. I'm really glad to be able to be on the show. Super excited to get you to see you in person. And it's like um, hearing hearing you through my car speakers is very different than watching your face interact as I'm interacting with you. It's like, oh, she, she can hear me. <laughs> well, hopefully the uh, minis over on YouTube have been helping to sort of see the face and the, the hear the voice at the same time. But, you know, the interactivity piece, I understand. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> If, if the voices start interacting through my car speakers, that's a different issue. <laughs> yeah, that would be different. I'm good. I'm not that good. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you and I, before we started, you said that you had just finished all of the episodes and you were starting over now. So, so explain to the listeners why you might choose to do that. 
Okay. So when I first started listening, it was kind of, I, I started on another podcast. This is, this was my, I've, I need something different in my life. I need to start listening to the witchy podcasts. So I, um, found not well found. Yes. I found a, a witchy podcast, started listening to it, had started theirs from the beginning, heard you come on. And it was one where like I had skipped a couple to get to yours. Um, and I heard you talking and I remember thinking, man, this is exactly what I, this is the kind of stuff that I want. Um, so I went and I found your podcast, started listening to that, started at the beginning and funny thing, hit the altar episode, heard most of it and started to run with that. Redid my altar back here. Um, and like I, it was like dropping a match into my life. Some things, some big things started to change very quickly. Now this is like, you know, in maybe October, November. Um, and I, you know, I, I do card readings for myself. I've been doing them for a while, mostly for myself, occasionally for friends. Um, and it just, just changing these little things based on that altar episode kind of just right in the middle. Um, and it wasn't too long after that we had a discovery call um, and I kept listening, kept listening, kept listening. Well, that altar episode had sort of shifted enough that I was listening, but I wasn't really absorbing everything that was in the episodes the way that I am realizing that I wanted to. Um, so, and I listen mostly while driving, so I can't really take as many notes as I want to either. Um, so I got all the way to the end and it was like, it's like when you finish a really, really good book, or maybe just, maybe it's just me. But when I finish a really good book, I'm like bereft. I feel this sense of loss of like, well, well, what now? And the thought was, well, start over. Let's see what you missed. Um, and so I was listening to the, actually got to the altar episode again, having restarted it and was like, oh, that's, that's the rabbit hole I fell down. Oh, and so now it's a chance to go back for me and see here are the, you know, here are the three things I took from that. It's not just three. I, I have no idea exactly what, but here are the things I took from that. Here are the things I missed. And here, and those things that I took kind of, again, the rabbit hole. So I'm listening with one ear, but I'm not really listening with the other. So now it's time to go back and sort of reabsorb, re, re absorb something different, if you will. Yeah. Well, and, and the fun part about spiritual work, and, and that's not just my stuff, but any spiritual work that you do is that every time you come to it, you're a different person. And so you will hear different things. Yeah. That's the best part about, um, about this podcast, about rereading favorite books, about rewatching favorite movies, about all that kind of stuff is that, and, and I was a, um, I majored in literature and creative writing in undergrad. And my favorite parts of that degree was being able to read favorites and old favorites. And one time you'll see the symbolism and the next time you'll find a metaphor or a use of comma or something that you didn't notice before. And it completely changes how you understand whatever passage you're in. For me, spiritual development is very much the same way. It's that things that I, and I, I, kind of have a, a mental record, but I also have journals and journals and journals, um, things that I understood oh, the way that I was, the, the way I understood them when I was 12 is different than the way I understood them when I was 17 is different than the way I understood them when I was 22 and then 26. And now at 30, it's, it's different and it's not bad or good. It's just different. Yeah. Well, and, and what's really interesting, especially in spiritual work is that sometimes you will come back to the same thing over and over again and you'll listen to it or read it for the sixth or seventh or eighth time. And suddenly there is literally new information there. And you're like, 
this wasn't here before. I've read this eight times. This wasn't here before. But what you discover is your brain turned off because it didn't, it couldn't take it in. And you've now gotten to the point on your seventh or eighth reading or listening or whatever that you can now hear it. I get that a lot from people when they do energy scans. You know, they, they're like, I just listened with this energy scan for like the seventh time. There's something new in here. There's something new. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I promise you, I have not changed the recording. <laughs> it's not new. I get that you didn't hear it before, but it is not new. It's yeah. the exact same as it was. <laughs> yeah. It's the same as it ever was. It's just your brain just turned off at the same place every time because you weren't ready to hear it. And that's fine. So uh, speaking of which, um, why don't we, well, I was going to say you've, you've had an energy scan recently, but I, I, before we go into that, I want to talk about, I want to talk about how you got into your spiritual work. How did, how did that happen for you? Backwards. <laughs> to make a long story short, it was backwards. Um, so I, um, we'll just start at the beginning. So when I was growing up, my family was not religious. Um, my dad is a recovering Catholic is how he, or my, he got it from my step, now my, my now ex stepmom is that he was raised Catholic, but didn't enjoy Catholicism. Didn't really participate more than he had to. Uh, my stepmother well, she was at the time. She's not anymore. Um, at, she was. She turned herself a recovering Catholic and um, found Wicca as her as her thing, right? Um, but it was more to avoid judgment. Her practice is not necessarily what I would call high magic, based on you know how how I've understood high magic from your podcast episode on high magic way back then. Um, her, it was more of a, a pick and choose type thing. So she claimed Wicca, but it wasn't, it wasn't an initiatory process. It wasn't a coven situation. It was really just, um, she was acting her backlash against how she was raised. Um, and <clears throat> my mom, uh, way in like the early nineties was, was born in 91. She was in the AOL chat rooms for psychics. So that was kind of the backdrop in which I grew up is that we weren't religious. We were kind of open to a lot of things. There wasn't a lot of religious teaching, but there was a lot of spiritualness infused in how I grew up. Um, so my mom has always had tarot cards. She like would go to these psychic meetups. She did her Reiki attunements when I was maybe 10 or 11, um, all through this community. And so it was something that I was around, but wasn't necessarily a part of until I hit about... 12. Um, and this is when I'm in middle school and middle school is terrible. It w- I mean, it was terrible for me. And because all <laughs> pre teens are a special breed, if you will, <laughs> they're mean to each other, they're mean to themselves. Everybody, it's just, it's a, it's a dramatic. Yeah, time. I don't think middle school was good for anyone. So. No. Part of why I became a middle school teacher was to sort of step in for the me's that exist now. Anyway, not here nor there. But I remember being 12 years old and um, I had gone to youth group with somebody just as like a friend and her family was super into it. And I'd gone to a youth group with somebody and I was asking the the youth group youth group leader who wasn't like a minister is asking questions about faith and like, how do you, how do you know? Where do you find? And they're like, I just know, I just know, I just know. And I said, well, that I don't just know. So I'm asking you to explain it to me. And they got mad at me for asking those questions. I wasn't, I mean, I was allowed to come back, but I, you know, they they got mad at me for it. And me being, you know, 12 and curious, as I'd always been curious, my parents encouraged me to ask questions. My dad, especially, he would, he would go to the nth degree with the questions until it was finally no more why, Claire, 
just no more why. Um, and so I got, I was trying to explain this to somebody and they were like, well, you don't believe in God. How can you not believe in God? So I finally, I threw up my hands. I remember this day. I threw up my hands and I said, well, fine, then I'm an atheist. And I went with that. And so it was a, a way for me to sort of be militantly anti woo woo, not anti God, anti, I'm anti everything. All of it sucks. None of it's real. Um, and that was me at 12 and angry. And of course, for a variety of reasons. Um, and so I sort of went with that for a while. And I could just say proudly, I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. I don't care about your, your God, your Christ, none of it, because I'm an atheist. Um, it was, you know, liberating for me at 12. And that was the power I had. So that was the power I took. Um, at the same time, I had vivid memories of sort of like being five or six years old and needing to, um, get a mango and sugar cane because we lived in New York city at the time. And we moved from New York city when I, when my parents divorced, I was about 10. Um, we moved from there to Denver. And I remember being about five or six years old and we would walk by um, a street vendor for sugar cane and mangoes. Um, and I remember having to get the sugar cane and mangoes because my grandmother wanted them. My maternal grandmother who passed away five years before I was born, maybe more than that, I think. Yeah, five, five or six years before I was born. Um, but I like I vividly remember saying, oh, Grace likes mangoes. I need to have mangoes. Uh, sugar cane. Grace likes sugar cane. I need to have sugar cane. Um, and like I remembered that stuff and it was curious to me. And, and the tarot cards were curious to me. So I started exploring there with sort of, Mama, will you read for me? All right, fine. Mama, will you read for me? All right, fine. And at some point she got irritated and was just like, I'm just, I'm going to get you your own set. She bought me a set of tarot cards and that was kind of where it was like, okay, so maybe I'm not an atheist, but I'm definitely not a Christian. Um, and again, the backdrop there is my, my dad and his wife going to, you know, summer solstice retreats or having equinox rituals that I didn't attend because I knew people were going to be like the adults were allowed to, I assume once the kids went to sleep, I don't know, I never went, but they were camping without toilets. And that was the big thing. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to pee and not a toilet. I'm not peeing in the latrine. It's not going to happen. Um, and so they would go to these things. And, you know, at some point they would talk about how they were dancing naked around a fire. I was like, oh my God, no, no naked. No, 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 thank you. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm, no, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm so I never you've to- tried it. <laughs> it can see. Um, <laughs> you see this. I don't Just know. saying. <laughs> At the time, being you know, I understand as a teen, it would be inappropriate. No, I don't want to see my parents naked. Gross. So, but really, like the big thing was there was no toilet, and I didn't, I didn't want to shit. Say it to say it bluntly, I didn't want to shit in the woods. Um, (laughs) So I never went to those, Um, and then I went off to college and kind of did some more reading. There's a couple of books that I read. There was a class I took. um, It was on. Uh, evolutionary biology for the non-science major. And we read a book called uh, Mothers and Others. And we also read Woman and Intimate Geography. Um, And it was sort of looking at matrilineal societies, uh, sort of matrilineally how, like how evolutionary biology affected culture. And so I'm a very like intellectual, cerebral person. So that was like, man, this is cool. Uh, And so then I also read The God Delusion and I read Uh, a book by Stephen Hawking. I think it was uh, The Grand Design. I I see it, The Grand Design. And all of this got me thinking, well, there has to be something out there, right? Maybe it's not God, but there's something out there because every time I read tarot cards for myself, I get something that is accurate. Um, I I have before spoken to and I realized later channeled my maternal grandmother. um, And and, um, like I just, there are some things I just know 
to do, kind of like the story you previously told about needing the brown sugar packet and not knowing why you needed it or needing to pack a bag for your friend who is going on the plane and you just didn't know why. Um, I had I had a lot of those. So I sort of started to to explore out like, okay. And then it was, you know, I'm not a Catholic, I'm not a Wiccan, none of that. But there's something that I need to explore and sort of trying to find community in that is more of a recent thing. So, I mean, there've been online chat rooms through, you know, Reddit, which don't recommend. Um, (laughs) There's, there's a lot of things on Reddit that just don't, don't do that. Um, And, and then finally figuring out, oh yeah, millennials, millennials listen to podcasts. I'm a millennial. I should listen to a podcast and then sort of picking and choosing, which is how I, how I ended up um, here. So yeah, it's been, it's definitely been more of a cerebral experience, which based on the energy scan yesterday, I, I know why. Um, and that's, I see where that comes from. Um, but sort of more recently in the last five years, I was diagnosed with a, you know, some mental illness. It's major, major depression, generalized anxiety, social phobia, ADHD, and fibromyalgia. And that all hit me at like exact at at 27, went to the doctor, was like, hey, I feel kind of not great. And they were like, well, boosh. Like, (laughs) are you, are you, you're joking. And they're like, "Mm -mm, no. And so my thought in my head is, it, there's something there. There has to be something there. I know I'm a part of it, but I don't exactly know how. There are bits and pieces that are making it through and work. So I'm very much in, a, in an infancy stage and I'm very much a person who likes to read all the things and find all the things and do all the things. And I learn best by talking about it. Um, so I feel, I feel very much the way, the way that Joey was talking in the very beginning of the podcast where he's like, this is all kind of new to me. So I'm going to ask these questions. Whereas some of the things I don't need those questions asked and answered, it's still like, okay, so what do you mean by, so what do you mean by, like, if I'm going to go Google this, how would I do that? So, um, it's been, and this, this most recent, what's the word, this most recent iteration (laughs) <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> this most recent iteration of, of spiritual development has been sort of stepping out of my own head a little bit more and reading, but not digging into the, the cerebral portion, digging into the, 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 the more physical connection to whatever else is out there, the more physical connection to the intuition, the more physical connection to like getting embodied. Cause I, of course I realized there was a, there was an episode about not being in your body. And I was like, huh, that's uncomfortably familiar. <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like how that, I don't like how that sat. Um, but it's also like, it's truthful. Um, and also through the beginning of this, the, the newest iteration of this was a deep commitment to living my own life. Um, because I did starting from about age eight struggled with some of the you know, the more self-harmy type thoughts. If we're, I mean, if we're going to be completely transparent, it was, it was like suicidal ideation for someone at eight years old, which is, you know, that's, it's rough to think about in the past, but also I see where it came from. And that has been sort of my constant companion for most of my life. And it was only in the last six months that it was like, well, it was after listening to the altar thing and seeing that the change comes. It's like, well, if you, if you're not committed to staying, then you're not committed to, to keeping whatever the energy brings you. So I had to make that commitment to myself. And it was like, well, if I'm going to do this, like 
and I, was, I got real mad at myself. As you can see, the attitude changed. It was like, if, I, if you're going to be committed to staying, if we're going to live past 36, dang it, because we're not going out like Sylvia Plath, well, then we have to make some freaking changes because this shit sucks. Not that all of it sucks, but there are large parts that are just like, this is shitty and I don't like it. Well, okay. If we're going to be committed to here, then we got to fix it. And I've done the therapy. I've been, I've been therapized. I'm definitely a walking wounded. I was doing the better help and the better help wasn't, it was like the most recent that's, there we go. In September, I started going to therapy again because of whatever reasons. And I realized like, okay, I've done this dance before and talking about it is only so helpful. There's something else. And I listened to an episode where it was like the walking wounded. And I was like, Oh, that is me. I am the walking wounded. There's a, there's another, there's another space that I can work in. Ta-da! So I'm just kind of going with it. It's where we are. That was a very long way of saying backwards. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> you make my life easy. <laughs> like, People please are in on this. Goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know that that's a really rich description of where you came from. So, let's talk about where you are now and what you're looking forward at. Uh, in terms of, you know, what do you see as your major challenges right now? And where do you hope to go from here in the short and long term? Sure. Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, I'm full it, of those. It's tough, but I, I got it. Um, so where I am now is definitely a liminal space. Where I am now is sort of undoing the, what I thought I needed to do to be happy and letting go of really letting go of shame and judgment of myself that all the things I thought I needed to do to be happy didn't work. Um, so sort of taking the judgment piece out of there and saying to myself, you know, it's okay that you haven't quote found happiness yet because like the brain understand, like my, my, my intellectual piece understands that happiness is where you, where you are is finding, is finding the happiness in the, the now. Um, but <laughs> the body is like, well, I don't want to be in the now. So we're going to go be on TikTok. And the, the anxiety in me, there's another, there's the, the primal part back here that says, well, 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 well we got it. We got to find the next, we got to do the next, we got to find the next, we got to do the next. Um, so it's definitely a very liminal space of, of sort of navigating, getting solid in my container to put it in, in Kelly words, um, is, you know, exploring the container that exists, try, not trying, starting the process of, of sitting in the container and acknowledging the container and finding just, just, just getting a survey. That's, that's my goal. Not, it's not really a goal. That's my process now is surveying the container that exists because what was happening isn't working and what, and it's not going to get me ultimately what I want. Um, as for where I want to go, the one thing that really, that I really admired about some of the very, uh, I wouldn't call them fundamentalists, but let's say so my, my grandmother is an example. My, this is um, my ex-stepmother's mother. She's my grandmother. Because um, my, my, my mom's mom passed away. My dad's mom is a word that I won't say on the air. Um, but so my grandmother is a Catholic. She's a very, she is Catholic. She's very, very strong in her faith. She's a 
go to church every Sunday or go to mass every Sunday, sometimes on Wednesdays, pray the rosary, have her prayers every night. Um, when I graduated college, she gave me a Bible with a check for $50 in it. And I still have the Bible, even though that's not necessarily my tract with it. And what I admire so very much about people who are strong in their Christian faith is the faith, is how they can step out of, they can make choices and step out into the world, knowing for certain that God has them, God has their best interests. And that is ultimately what I want for myself without the religious piece is, is I want to I want to find my faith, basically, whether that's faith in myself, which I assume is not, I assume, I know that's part of it. We're not there yet. I don't want to talk about it. Um, uh, is, is finding the faith in myself, trusting that faith in myself, trusting myself to, to just trusting myself, but then also recognizing that trusting myself is, is a, it's part and parcel to having the faith in the collectiveness out there you know, recognizing myself as not separate from because of all of this past gobbledygook, but finding my place in it as someone who has felt very placeless for, you know, 22 plus years, finding my place in that and trusting that that place is not necessarily where I'm meant to be. Because I don't know if I, I don't know if I ascribe as to, to meant to be as opposed to, there's some choice in it. I don't know where all that fits just yet. Not sure. But, but finding a, a location in the web that is uniquely something that I uniquely can fit, do, be, ta-da. <laughs> My magical unveiling, which isn't, it's neither magical nor unveiling. It's already here. It's just, you know, it's a progress. It's a, it's a process. It's progress. So that's where I was unhappy, where I am, liminal space, where I want to be is fully in faith, fully in trust, fully empowered. And we're working on it one day at a time. <laughs> Well, I, I think that was very well said. So, you know, I think that a lot of people who listen to the podcast would agree with that assessment of what they are looking for as well. So um, y'all can make comments in the Facebook group and let her know what your thoughts are, and what your goals are and and uh, share those. I think that might be interesting as a conversation uh, would be to to post that into the Spirit Sherpa Facebook group. So I'm already in there. I did the, um, that was me with the picture of be careful what you ask for. And it's the little stick figure that has like three extra arms and two legs. So be careful, (laughs) careful what kind when you ask for growth, (laughs) what you're asking for, you know, Mm -hmm. could grow bigger, you know, physically could grow smaller physically. Yeah. Eat me, drink me. Right. (laughs) Like, ah, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's so much, it's such a rich tapestry that you've just uh, laid out, because I think that, that you're describing the existential crisis that so many people are having right now, right? Yeah. And, and so the thing that I'm going to offer a couple of pieces of advice as a thank you. Um, so did, did you listen to the episode of, from Messages from Michael? Yes. So there's a, a book. Been a while. There is. Messages from Michael. 
And that book is an interesting perspective. It was one of the books that I was reading. I, I went through what you're going through right now with the, you know, what do I believe thing. Uh, in late in high school, I think, was when I was going through it. I was really deep into all my religious studies and going into all these different places and, you know, reading all these different books and, you know, all these occult practices and, you know, you name it, I was, I was into it. And, um, that book was, was a seminal book in my, my formulating my ideas of the world. And it's evolved since then, but it was really useful. Um, Abraham Hicks is another really useful place to go for really grounded, um, information. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Abraham is an entity channeled by Esther Hicks. So, and they've been around for most of my life. So a long time. Like I remember, like, I think I was 10 when I first listened to them somewhere around there. So that would be 42 years. (gasps) Yes. Uh, yeah. Perfect in whiskey years is everything. <laughs> I don't like whiskey. Does that count for me then? <laughs> a a well bottled wine, perhaps. I am, I'm more of a Saint Germain girl. Okay, well, at the extent of my age, liquor knowledge. So yeah, sorry, we'll, we'll just call it well seasoned elderflower. <laughs> So good. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, the the upshot is that that um, the first thing you have to decide is whether you believe there is something bigger than you. The second thing you have to decide is whether or not it's conscious. The third thing you have to decide is whether or not it likes you slash loves you. And then the fourth thing you have to decide is whether or not you have any power over it. That that's really the primary bit, you know. And power over it could simply be the power of request. It could be, you know, the power of demand. It could be the power of, you know, partnership. It depends on how you look at it. So those are the key factors to take into consideration. And then uh, from those answers, you then determine what you want your practice to be, if anything, right? And your practice may be, deity related or not right meditation could be a connection to deity it could be a connected connection to self it could be a silencing of the mind to to still the spirit so that you can have some space all of these things are valid uses of meditation right so um and and that's really that's, that's the core of that question. And then when it comes down to, you know, taking up, you know, unveiling yourself and, and being in your place on the web. I love the fact that you use the web. That makes me happy. Um, <laughs> Grandmother Spider's very pleased. You already are on your place on the web. You are exactly where you're meant to be. You are exactly who you're meant to be in this moment. And the only invitation, I won't say goal because goals are counterproductive. The only invitation is to become more of yourself, right? And that just means pulling, you know, peeling away. And that would be the unveiling piece. I was like, yeah, it's kind of is an unveiling. It's a peeling away of all the coping mechanisms and limiting beliefs and all the crap that's been layered on you since you were a child, right? So it's, uh, it too is a process, it goes back to that whole story of, you know, me getting told over and over again for years, be who you are. <laughs> and me going, 
I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know who that is. How do I do it? I don't know how to do it. Who's that? I don't know who that is. Yeah. And, yeah. And the answer is get to know who that is. Right. Right. Because yeah. you can't be who you are until you know who that is. Right. Right. I, I appreciate that you gave me four questions as a person who loves questions. This is something I haven't ever had before this four questions to figure out what, where, how do you align your practice? Is there something bigger? Is it conscious? Does it like you or love you? I would add to it. Does that matter? Do you have power over it or what's the power relationship? That's oh, I have homework. I appreciate the web. I appreciate that too. Okay. I got really excited about the questions. I, I wrote it all down, but I'm really excited about the questions. Like, ooh. It's like happy dancing in her chair over there. I love homework. <laughs> Look, I am a professional nerd. <laughs> I love homework. I love homework. I love homework. Okay. Carry on. See? Fantastic. So... <laughs> Okay, so um, you, you had an energy scan recently, which you you had said that part of what you were doing right now is being in that liminal space and sort of trying to see how things went together. I assume that was the the reasoning for the for the energy scan that you you decided to do. Or um, I had my energy scan yesterday with Kathy um, yesterday morning, um, and I originally thought it was today, and I'm glad it wasn't today because I would have been like a mess. That would have been too much in a day. Um, so part of why I wanted the energy scan is because I've had, like, I've, you know, I've done my own readings, I've done my own, but the visualizing piece, it's, you know, it's very difficult for, for me to see myself. I, I won't speak for everybody, but it's very difficult for me to see myself. Um, and I also, I have had a chakra clearing before, but some of the things the woman was saying it didn't hit home for me, not to, not to say anything about the quality of the work, just that it, some of it, the pieces were confusing. Um, and so I wanted to, I wanted something different. It had been, it's been several years and thought I wanted something different. I've listened to the whole podcast. I have received enough validation, um, about the work that you are doing, that it was something I wanted to explore. And I also, it's, you know, it's on, I have my, my note card that I made of inner peace 101. So and I, it's my, and my, my goal for that is, is that's my, my next step when I get there. Um, but it's on, it's on, it's up there. Um, and my, the way I was thinking was, well, it's, if it's a diagnostic, right. And if I'm, if I'm listening to this podcast, I am, I'm doing different pieces of reading, doing different pieces of meditation, sort of scribbling out different things all over the place. Um, then, and it, it, the goal is to apply it to me in some way or another. Well, why not have a diagnostic image of myself from which to work? It's, it would be the same as, um, you know, if you go to go to the doctor and say, you know, I'm having all of these symptoms and, and pains and whatever, they're going to, you know, I, I, I injured my back. They, the doctor wanted an MRI. This is years ago. My, the doctor wanted an MRI to see what was going on. And if it makes sense from a physical embodiment standpoint of like, well, we don't want to give you a treatment plan that it doesn't, you know, if we're not going to give you chemotherapy, if it's just a slip disc, you know, it's so my thought was, well, what is what, what, what's the picture like, what's going on here? And there are parts specifically while listening to the, the chakra 
series and listening to each one of those. That's kind of where I found like, ooh, we've got some sticking points, don't we? Um, and I wanted to know more because I couldn't see it the way I wanted to see it. Like I could only see bits and pieces. There, there's, there's one where it's completely. I just, I have no, I can't. Like I can, I can connect from the the top, top three, top four. I have a decent, decent understanding, right? And that's expected. And then we get into the the like the yucky bottom ones where it's like where there's lots of grungy, yucky stuff and that's all embodiment, which of course is something I've struggled to do my whole life anyway. Well, of course I can't see them. And of course I only see bits and pieces. Um, and so really what I wanted out of that was a lower three, you know, was looking for the lower three. Kathy gave me some great, you know, as she's describing each of these, she gave me some some great pieces to that, that give me a, a mental picture of what's happening. And it is, it's, you know, she's, she kept saying, Oh, this is, this is weird. But so I'm just going to say it. I was like, yeah, give me the weird. I love the weird. Um, because it gave me an opportunity to sort of actually visualize, oh, okay, so this is, this is why it feels like this. This is how it works. And then when she got, you know, to the ones that I have trouble connecting with, it's like, well, that makes sense. Um, and it, it makes sense that there's all of this, that's where the fear lives. That's where the the just abject terror of like, oh my God, what if all of this bad stuff happens? Um, and so I just, I wanted a picture of what was happening in there so that I know, just so that I, I know where I am. It's It's great to have a snapshot of where you are now so that not a goal, right? It's not a goal. Um, because you know, it could stay exactly like this. There's, that was, it was very, very clear. It could stay exactly the way it is. It's a choice I have to make. Um, and if my choice is to do something with it, well, I'd like to make an informed choice and if I don't have the information. How can I make any informed choices? So that was why I wanted an energy scan and also knowing, <sighs> no, there's, there's still part of me. That's like, maybe I can get away with this without doing inner peace one-on-one, which is why it's on a postcard back there. There's, if we're being totally honest, the resistance in here is like, maybe I can do some of this myself. Maybe I don't need a teacher. Maybe I don't, maybe I can. That's the full honesty. And I could, you know, I could feel you looking at me and I was like, she's going to see right through it. I might as well just be honest. <laughs> there's, a, there's a piece of me that's still convinced that I can, I can go do it all by myself, that I don't need to go, to go talk to somebody who, or I don't have to put myself in, in the midst of someone who has done similar type of work um, that I can just, I can, I can read Kelly's book and I can listen to Kelly's podcast and I don't need any coaching and I don't need any, there's a part of me that's very much still like in that space. Um, And I want to be clear. You can, I did. Okay. I did. It took me fucking forever, but I did it. Okay. And, and you can totally do that. And you've got a leg up on me because you got the podcast and the book and everything else. And so, you know, you totally can. It's just going to take you longer than it would take you if you did the program. And, and you know, I, I'm, I don't want to ever tell somebody they have to have my program. Oh, no. No. And you that's know? not how it, that's not how it feels. That's not, that's not, you know, <laughs> that's me recognizing that, that I was lying to myself just there. I was about to say, Oh, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. But, but realistically, there's a part of me that still believes that I don't need any help. I'm just going to muscle through it. And so what I'm, what I'm going to do recognizing that is I'm going to let myself try to muscle through it. And then if it gets tough, cause it's going to, cause it always does. And if there's no movement, well, what I've already recognized is that when there was no movement with therapy, well, I went to go find what's the next, what's the next piece? How do we get this moving? And I, um, I'm very much a, 
you can tell me that the stove is hot, but unless I touch it, I'm not going to believe you. You don't, you don't know nothing. You know nothing about stoves. You don't know anything about this stove. You don't know anything about my stove. You don't know how my stove works. Therefore, I'm going to touch it. <laughs> Could have just saved us all an ER trip by just, you know, listening. But as an experiential learner, I just, I know that about myself. It's going to, but I do have it on a, because I know, I know where I'm going to end up. I know how this is going to work for me. I, know, I already know. <laughs> I want to offer you one, uh, a different way to look at the piece that you're dealing with right now. Okay. Because, uh, I, I lived in it too. You know, uh, I was, I didn't even do therapy because I was like, no, fuck that. I, I don't need therapy. I'm good. Right. So, you know, at least you it got that far. I didn't even do that. So the piece that, that that's about is the, I can't rely on anyone else. Everyone else always lets me down. So fuck it. I'm just going to do it myself. And it's, it's honestly, it's your inner child desperately wishing that there was somebody who wasn't going to let you down. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the question you need to ask yourself before you decide whether or not to sign up for the program okay. is, do you trust me not to let you down? That's the question. And when you can say yes to that, then you should sign up for the program. If you cannot say yes to that, you should not sign up for the program because you're not going to engage it. You're not going to to do it. And I, in no way do I mean you're going to have to turn yourself over to me and then, you know, whatever, all that other crap. I don't I don't do that shit. My job is to keep you fully empowered. I don't want you to hand all your shit over to me. That's not my job. Right. But it, the, the question is, do I care about you enough? Do I know what I'm talking about enough? And am I high enough in integrity to deliver on what I promised? Those are the questions. Yeah, I know you like questions. So. I do like questions. <laughs> I think the follow-up to that for me is it's not just, do I trust you? It's not just, do I trust, do I trust this person? Do I trust this program? It's also, there is a fundamental disbelief that it's like, ah, it doesn't matter what I do. It's going to be the same right? There's, there's, there's that piece also. It's not, it's not just the trust. It's also, it doesn't matter what I do. It's not gonna, it's not gonna change, which is already like, it's already, there are parts of it that's already false, but that's also very much, it's in there. It's in well, there's, there. something, there's something behind that too, though, is there, there is something underneath that you have to look at one, what is the self-definition that is causing you to believe that it can't change? Because when you say it can't change, what you're saying is I can't change, right? And so there's a self-definition that's underneath that, that says, I don't believe that I, I'm capable of change. And so there's something there to take a look at and really sort of dig into. And then the other piece of that is it's never going to change. What do you get out of that? If things never change, what are the benefits that you're getting from being where you are? Do you get to feel powerless and therefore get sympathy? Do you get to, you know, be angry and be upset and not have to fix it? You know, what is it that you get? Because there's, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Carolyn Elliott has a book called Existential Kink. And, you know, she talks about how we fall in love with the dark parts of ourselves and the dark parts of ourselves are in love with our misery, Right. It's, it's the misery box, right? It's just, she wrote a whole book about it. And so, you know, but it's a really interesting way of looking at things, right? And so, you know, what are, what, what are you getting from staying where you are? That's the other 
the other side of the coin is what is the self-definition that's holding me in place? And then what am I getting out of being there? And it's so interesting that you say that because this is this is how I practice as a teacher it, with of middle school students, especially I have a lot of middle school boys um, and they very much, you know, they're still finding their identity and all of that kind of thing. They're still very much, uh, you know, hitting boundary. They're like pressing up, every, just pressing against every boundary they can to be like, I'm going to fight it out till I found out where I find out where I fit. Um, and the question, you know, a lot of times when I do discipline with students, it's, it's not in front of their peers. It's always, we need to go talk in the hall. We're going to talk to your, you know, because their self-definition is based on what other people think of them very much. It's a social, it's a social construct for, you know, for kids as they're developing their identities. Um, and then as a, as a, I always, I have to, a lot of times I have to, I have it in my head. What is this child getting out of behaving in this way? Right. And because this year is, a, is a, I teach some special education. I teach some dyslexia intervention, which isn't, it's not technically part of special education. It's its own separate program. And then I have some like regular, it's regular English, not as a not advanced English. It's just what we expect for on level, you know, the kids who act out or re, they're repeat actor outers. So what it's, what are they getting out of behaving this way? How is that? How can we meet that need? How can I, as their teacher, meet that need in a different way to change, to interrupt that cycle of behavior? How can I, how can I, interrupt that. So it's interesting that you say that because I'm practicing, I practice this with the children, but not with myself. (laughs) Well, and, and think about it also with your kids, not just what do they get out of it in your classroom, but what do they get out of it in life? Because oftentimes they're bringing something from home to the classroom. And so, you know, acting out gets them the only attention they get sometimes or something like that. Right. So, you know, for some kids, their their parents are so rigid that school is the only place they can act out. And because they're so afraid of the consequences at home, they act out at school sort of understanding, hey, you know, this is my safe place to do that. So then it, it's, it's, a, it's a different conversation. The point, of that, the point of that is saying it's a different conversation per kid. There's no one right answer with that, but still fast, fascinating, fascinating stuff. <laughs> See, there you go. I can play on the intellectual. Yeah, and this is why this is why I love I love listening to your podcast because it's just enough like woo woo and and like just enough woo woo, just enough intellectual, just enough based in historical spect. It's like just enough of everything, just enough bringing sort of tying some of the threads together to sort of ask a further series of questions that lead to some possibly deeper answers. Maybe it's just an answer you already knew. Maybe it's something you never talked about before. There was one, I don't even remember which episode it was, but there was one, like I had to go find my friends, my, I have internet friends. Um, I had to go find them and be like, what is, what's the relationship between willpower and discipline? Does willpower come first or does discipline come first? Which one happens first? So we had like a, like it was a week long conversation about the relationship between willpower and discipline. And if discipline is internal or external, is willpower internal or external? And then if will, because it was, it was the chakra series. That one clearly has, I need to re-listen to that because it is just blew up my life in a different way. Like I still have a job and I still have a place to live. You know, I'll go <laughs> <laughs> Everything's handled. Your brain, not your life. Yes. Right. 
it blew up my understanding of things in, in a way that I wasn't expecting. And so, because I was thinking about uh, the second and third, which ones, you know, willpower versus passion. And then like, where, how does this, how does this, how does this, how does it, why, how, why? So, and I didn't tell anybody that this was the conversation that I was having with myself. It was just like, where do you see it? Where do you see it? How does this give me, give me the noise, give me the, the information, like put words in my head so I can muster, you know, squeeze them a bit. I need to, I need to, I need something to squeeze with my brain. <laughs> my brain needs to do it squeezy. Give me things to squeezy with my brain. <laughs> I always say that the best gift you could give a shaman is a new perspective. So you're just like, give me your perspective. Give it to me now. Yeah. And, and as many words as possible. And I need one from you. I need one from you. And I need one from you. And I need one from you. And then we're just going to, I'm going to mush it. I'm going to mush it. We're going to play mush. So anyway. Uh, well, this has been awesome. This, it really has. Uh, I, 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 I want to invite everybody to come and visit Claire inside of the Spirit Sherpa Facebook group. You guys can have a conversation with her there. She'll she's already in and she's already engaged. So uh, you know, come on out. You know, pick if you're curious about the copy of my book, uh, you're welcome to to grab that. We will also put a link in the show notes for an energy scan if that's now piqued your curiosity. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, all the things. <laughs> say what? I said, I don't mean to interrupt. Do all of the things. Buy the book. Do the energy scan. Even even if you've got to pinch pennies for a little bit, just just do it. It's worth it. It's it's a it's an excellent tool. If you're beginning, or even if you're in the middle, if you just want a snapshot of where you are, it's a it's like that was that was my brain. It was like whoa. Is anyway, do it. Do the things gently, if if with permission, if you want to. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. And so I think if I were to put a Kellyism on this one, um, I think what I would say is dive in. Don't be afraid to get dirty along the way and be willing to sit in the unknown as it coalesces around you. 100%. Yes. Get, you got you to gotta play in the mud to find the gem. You got to play in the mud to mm, get. Ooh, love it. <laughs> awesome okay well that's all we have for this week tune in next time when i share another episode on energy magic in the spirit world i'm kelly sparta here with claire s and you have been listening to spirit sherpa so long everyone bye driving down the road eyes on the horizon within my car I'm Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Wondering where my spirit will I'm driving Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space 
and you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.